What does it mean to do something in Jesus' name? We, we pray in Jesus' name, but what about all the other stuff? Like everything else. What, how do we do things in Jesus' name? And that's an important question for today because our final verse from Colossians chapter 3 uh, asks that question uh, squarely. It puts it right before us. Colossians 3.17 says this, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Well, there it is. Everything. Uh, so let me give you an example of what I think it means to do something in the name of someone else. And then we will talk about what it means, what, did, what do we do in Jesus' name, and what does it mean to do it in that name. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was part of a conference uh, and, and co-sponsored and, and helped design a conference down in San Diego. And the mayor of San Diego was going to proclaim the day Kindness Day and speak at the conference, and he did all that. Just uh, the, a few days before the conference, the mayor's office called me, I was the liaison, uh, and started asking me security questions uh, because uh, they would have undercover police be his escort and they wanted to know, uh, did the auditorium have a back room? Did it have side doors, access to the parking lot? I had never been to the auditorium before and what do I know about security? Nothing. And um, so uh, she must have sound, I must have sounded a little bit mm, nervous to the person in the mayor's office who was talking to me because she said, who are you? <clears throat> and, and I'm like, uh, mm, well, you know, Neil Nibel, what does that mean to her? Nothing. I, I just said, well, I'm nobody, actually. I'm nobody. Uh, I'm just, this is my, uh, I'm just the guy they gave your phone, my phone number to you. And, and she said, well, who do you work for? And, you know, in my head, I'm going, Stonebridge in Simi Valley, that's not going to help in San Diego. And, uh, no one, really, no one. I, I'm, I'm kind of nobody and working for no one. And, you know, you could hear a pin drop, and, you, and just before she's like, is there anybody else I could talk with? Uh, I said, I was Ken Blanchard's pastor for 10 years. Oh, okay. I'll get back to you. That was it. I was Ken Blanchard's pastor for 10 years. The mayor knows Ken. They have a relationship, and he's well-known in San Diego. And you know what? If you work with Ken Blanchard, you're in. I, I, I was doing this in the name of Ken, right? And they were, all, they were fine with that. Why? Because if I was doing it in the name of Ken, that meant it was with his approval in a way that they assumed would please him, and that if I needed any help, He'd be there to help me. So I'm, I'm good. That's what it means to do something in the name of someone else at, with their approval and with their help if need be. Uh, and so we want to talk about how does that work um, with Jesus. And I think that the uh, author of uh, Colossians, who was, who was Paul, the Apostle Paul, I think he wraps up this text with this verse from verse 17. Now, in the first 16 verses, he, he gives us all kinds of things, and we've talked about them for the last eight weeks. Uh, and he tells us, gives us instructions on how to live as faithful Christians and how to live in community, uh, you know, all kinds of things. And uh, 
I hope you remember some of that. I think Paul was hoping the Colossians remembered some of that. But it's kind of like, well, just in case, in case you forget all of that, let's remember this. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. Wow. So let's walk through this sentence and see how uh, the instructions and documentations cover every situation we could possibly imagine. First thing, do everything. Do everything. And the text is, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, whatever you do in word or deed. So it's everything. Do everything. Well, what is everything? Um, everything includes a lot, right? And I, I think what, uh, what Paul was doing is, okay, I know uh, anything that I didn't mention in the first 16 verses, all of that, Whatever, you know, if I didn't say do this or that, if there isn't something specific that I named, everything else, that's what, that's what everything is. Uh, you know, all the big stuff. Um, and in case uh, in our lives and relationships we come up against something that isn't mentioned, well, then here's an overarching instruction. Whatever you do in word or deed. Sorry. Um, so I showed a picture of the family. Um, uh, because this is an example of Everything else, whatever else, whatever else we're doing, it, 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 it's, it's, it's normal life. And uh, it's, a, it's a big cop-out uh, to say, well, you know, if we don't have rules, you know, just, just, uh, just kind of do whatever you think is right. That, that's not the right way to do it. But... There are overarching, overarching senses that we need to have. And uh, what I mean by that is, uh, in society, we have to have some overarching sense of, hey, if we haven't specifically made a rule about it, what we used to say is, use your common sense. That was the obvious rule. There, and, uh, and I want to take us to national parks for a minute. Anybody been looking at headlines from national parks in the last few months? All kinds of things are going on. Uh, in Yellowstone in particular, crazy things. Uh, someone got off the uh, path, fell in a geyser, and died, boiled to death. You, you would think, don't do that. Don't, don't go off the road. Um, they got almost gored to death by an elk because trying to get too close for a selfie, right? Somebody put a baby bison in their trunk. Yeah, exactly. What? Okay, now, to be clear, there actually are rules, there are laws against all of those things. But I think the, the National Park is like, guys, we can't put a rule about every single thing that could kill you in the National Park. So use your common sense. Um, the Girl Scouts have the Girl Scout law. And I think, that's, I think the, the park rangers would go, you know what, just live by the Girl Scout law uh, that says, I will respect myself and others, respect authority, use resources wisely, and make the world a better place. Oh, there you go. Just live a, whatever. When it comes to everything else, we should have a guideline. It should be something simple like that, you know? Common sense, Girl Scout law. So what is our guideline? What's our attitude that we're to have about everything else? And that's our second point. It's for him, with him. 
for him, with him. And the text says, do it all in the name of the Lord. Do it all in the name of the Lord. And, and I use a firefighter photo because it's a good example of we all do all kinds of things. We have police officers, teachers, customer service representatives, uh, stay-at-home moms. That's a lot. What, how, but we are to live our lives with him and for him, for him and with his help. Uh, it doesn't mean that if you're a firefighter, you should have a yellow, uh, you know, you should have a, a cross pin on your yellow jacket, uh, or that we should wear crosses around our necks. You know, there are places, government workers, some teachers, they can't mention their faith. They literally cannot say anything about their faith. So how do we, how do we live for him and with him when, when we can't, you know, have some physical way to do it. And I, and I want to say this, it's acting in obedience to his authority and dependence on his help. Okay, those are big words. How about this? Doing everything in ways that please Jesus, expecting him to help us. Doing everything in ways that please Jesus, expecting him to help us. That's how we should live our life. All, the everything else, we should do it this way. We don't have to wear a cross uh, we don't have to point to heaven when we get recognition for something. Um, but uh, it is, it's because of Jesus that we, we live. We want to please him. And we assume we have help from him. And it's important because when we're living in Jesus' name, uh, it's, it's, it's his credibility on the line if we mess up. So uh, when I was doing things in Ken's name, right? It's Ken's credibility on the line. If Neil does something goofy, we're calling Ken. Seriously, you gave us this guy? And if we name ourselves as Christians, at some point people have this impression, shouldn't they be trying to act more like Jesus? Shouldn't, they be, shouldn't Christians be, well, Christ-like? That's, that's what, that, his credibility. Now, this idea that that others can be, others' credibility is impacted by what we do, that's all over the United States. It's all over the world. Did you hear that the CEO of McDonald's was fired for having a consensual relationship? It was a, it, two adults having a mutual relationship, consensual, both agreeing to it. It was an affair. And McDonald's said, that doesn't go with what we stand for. You're fired. Because the CEO's behavior reflected back on the credibility and, the, and the, uh, everything that, that McDonald's stands for. I, I wanted to find you, I wanted to put up a, a brief code of conduct from a company that we could just put it up there and go, wow, companies expect their employees to live up to a standard. Um, you know, I couldn't find one. Not because I couldn't find a code of conduct. I couldn't find one short enough. Hershey's chocolate has a 30-page code of conduct that all their employees and their suppliers have to live up to. Wow! How would you even know what's in it? Uh, uh, you know, but they say, no, what you do impacts people's thoughts of us. It's important so that we, we do things, we live in a way that please Jesus uh, with his help. So uh, I go back to the original question. What does it mean to do something in the name of Jesus? And we say do everything in ways that please Jesus, expecting his 
help. So how do, what does that look like in real life? I'll give you a personal example. Um, when I was in college, uh, got to know some folks, developed good friendships, and then you know what happens after college. After a few years, people start getting married, and you know, you're going to each other's weddings. And my friend Scott invited me, asked me to be his best man, which was awesome. And uh, Scott knew I was a Christian. I knew he wasn't. Uh, we had conversations. We had other things in common. Really liked each other, respected each other. And it was an honor to be asked to be his best man. So uh, we end up at the rehearsal dinner. And I'm sitting with friends of the family and uh, with Scott's friends. And, uh, uh, and we're all kind of chatting, you know, about whatever. Uh, and there was a particular guy there. Um, I, I, he, he, he and I kind of competed for the biggest extrovert at the table, uh, you know, and uh, I was happy to g grant him the honor because, you know, I didn't know people. I didn't want to be too silly or anything. So, so here's this guy, and he looks like Bill Nye the science guy, right? Just that kind of look, and he was really into crystals. This was back in the 80s when crystals, you know, there was power in crystals. And people talked about it. There were books about it. Not only like healing properties or whatever, but, but metaphysical power in crystals. And he was into it. He got crystals out of his pocket that he carried with him. And he, and he passed them around. And uh, this was up in San Francisco. So, you know, kind of crystal headquarters. And so a lot of people knew about it. I didn't know anything about crystals, you know, and uh, I was a Christian and uh, didn't, didn't pay any attention to that stuff, but it was okay. Uh, you know, they were having a good conversation until Bill Nye said, well, we can all agree that there's power in crystals. <sighs> okay. So it's like, uh, uh, what do I do? And, and, and I prayed a prayer. Lord, help me. Help me, Jesus, is, you know, right now. Uh, so with him, I was going to try to please him. And I said something like, wow, <clears throat> you know, I have learned so much from all of you about crystals. I just didn't know anything. And uh, I have such respect for your confidence. But I, I got to tell you, you know, since I know so little about crystals, I don't think I could, you know, be included in that group that says, uh, you know, we all agree that there's power in crystals, but I certainly respect your thoughts, and I'll tell you, you know, my tradition, I know there's power. I know it's available, and the way I would say it is that it comes from God, and my own experience is, is that I, I experience it when I pray in Jesus' name. Um, but, wow, do, do the bride and groom, do they use crystals? I mean, are, they, are there going to be any decorations with them in the wedding? And somebody jumped in and said, oh, my gosh. They, you know, shoo, they, they like, but they love colors. You should see the flowers. And off they went. Uh, very grateful that uh, Bill Nye had not jumped in and tried to say something. And, and uh, so <clears throat> the point is, when we try to live in Jesus' name, here, here's a little thing we can remember. Proclaim the name. Do things that proclaim the name, which is what I was hoping I would do when I said those things. Did I say I said that? What I meant to say was, that's what I wish I had said. I was, you know, arrogant, 20-something, you know, and 
grew up in very evangelical, strong, you know, share your faith, testimony, notch your belt uh, sort of stuff. And so this was my chance to, you know, be strong. And so what I actually said was something more like, hey, I got to tell you, you can believe whatever you want, but I don't think there's any power in crystals. And the only power comes through Jesus Christ, who is Lord and Savior of all. And that table sounded kind of like what you sound like right now. <laughs> Absolute silence. And, and people, wow, people got thirsty fast. Some started, you know, reaching for their water. Others were buttering bread. Um, it, you know, it, it recovered. You know, it took a couple minutes, but the table kind of warmed up again. But no one asked me any questions. <laughs> hey, say more. No, they didn't say that. And, um, you know, it, it all went okay. We had the wedding the next day. It went fine, and I did a, a nice toast, and uh, I kind of I got away with, with it. And, uh, and I even, I think I shook Bill Nye's hand before I left. So um, it all worked out. But um, I, I actually think the, the phrase we should use is proclaim, don't shame the name. Proclaim, don't shame the name. Because you know what? Jesus doesn't need to be defended. I was trying to defend my own faith. I was trying to be, you know, powerful and all. It's not what it, that's not what it means. It means to do things that please him with his help. Um, and so I, I want to ask you a question. Are you prepared in any given situation, because there's situations all the time, to consciously say, well, Lord, would you help me in this, and, and be ready to proclaim and not shame the name of Jesus? Um, <clears throat> so, whatever we do, we're to do things for him, with him. And uh, here are some questions, and uh, I'll show them to you in a minute, but let me just read through. Here's some things. Questions like these are things we could ask ourselves as we're heading into a challenging situation. Would Jesus be all right with me doing this? Would I do this with someone I love? Would someone I love be hurt if I do this? And would I act or speak differently in order to honor Jesus? Those are good, kind of good sense of that overall uh, direction we should be living in. So uh, we've been talking about Jesus, which is good. But the text says, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. So I want to take a minute and say, what does it mean for Jesus to be Lord? Because it's very easy for us in our settings uh, with so many different faiths and so many people who don't believe in Jesus, he, that you know they probably think uh, you know he's our imaginary friend, uh, and you know well Jesus you know lived a long time ago maybe you know all that kind of stuff. It's easy for us to um, to devalue who Jesus is even in our own minds. And I love that Paul when he says to them, "Do it all in the name of the Lord." Oh, he told them who the Lord was earlier in Colossians chapter one. Listen to this. This is what Paul, in the same, the same book to the same people, wrote this. For in Jesus all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, 
whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have, in, uh, to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on heaven or things in, uh, on earth, by making peace through his blood shed on a cross. Wow! That's who Jesus is. That's the Lord that we serve. That's in chapter 1. In chapter 2, a little shorter, he says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. When we are living in Jesus' name, there aren't any other powers or authorities greater than the one that we serve. There are others who are more in charge right now, others who have power to do things right now, but there is no greater power or authority than our Lord. Um, then in chapter 3, he says, so do everything in that name. It's more than a code of conduct, like Hershey's chocolate. Uh, it's an interaction with the reality of space and time. This deity in this universe has engaged us and said, I want you to be my children. I want you to live in my name. Uh, and if Lord means ultimate power and authority, then what does Jesus mean? What does the name Jesus mean? What, if we're going to do it in his name, what, is it that, what, what does it mean to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus? In the name of the Lord, that's this great authority and power, the Lord Jesus. So... Uh, Third thing that we get from this is it means to rescue the misplaced and abandoned. That's what Jesus' name means, to rescue the misplaced and abandoned. Uh, it says, in the name of the Lord Jesus. The name Jesus actually means God rescues. God rescues. And we'll, we'll, we'll break that down in a minute. Um, but I just want to say, that was interesting. When I, when I started to ask the question, what does Jesus' name mean? Then I asked the question, what does my name mean? Do you know if your name means anything? I had no idea. Never thought about it until this week when I was preparing. So I went to a website. It's in you version. You can go. You put in your name. It'll tell you what your name means. You want to know what Neil means? It means passionate champion, which is cool. Uh, I like that. Or cloud. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with passionate champion. So, um, so the name Jesus is an English translation of a Greek word, which is a translation of a Hebrew word. So Isus is Greek. We get Jesus from that. Isus is a translation of um, Yahshua, Joshua, which is the Hebrew name. So Jesus is a English translation of a Greek translation of a Hebrew name, Joshua. So what does Joshua mean? Well, Jah, so that comes Yah-shua. Yah means God. Shua means rescues. The name actually means God rescues. And what, is the, what, what needs to be rescued? If you, if you look up the definition of rescue, it means to 
um, retrieve the lost or abandoned. The lost or abandoned. But the word lost has such connotations when Christians say it that what's the, what does lost mean? It means misplaced. We can't find it. And I think that's such a great phrase, a word for people that we see in our lives. You know, whether it may be um, at a bus station sitting by themselves, see, seeming at lost ends, or at a train station or an airport. But I saw someone misplaced and abandoned in, in the parking lot of a hospital. This was just two weeks ago. I went in for something. Uh, I was in for about 10 minutes into the, into the office. And uh, when I walked by, here was this woman sitting on a curb next to a truck crying with her cell phone in her hand. And when I walked out 10 minutes later, she was still sitting there, no longer on the phone, but still weeping. And I didn't want to get too close, or the last thing somebody needs in that situation is some stranger coming up to him. But I, I got to within about five feet, and I, I just said to her, are you okay? And she said, yeah, I just had bad news, and I don't feel like driving. I'm waiting for somebody to come get me. And I said, well, I saw you when I walked in, and I've been thinking about you and praying for you. And so I just wanted you to know, I think, I think things are going to be okay. And left. But that woman was in a, she was misplaced. She was lost. There was a sense of abandonment of, in, I think, in her. We meet those kinds of people. So isn't it awesome that we serve a God, that we are to live in the name of a person whose name means God rescues. We have all been rescued by this God. And, and let me tell you what Paul means by rescued. In, back in Colossians chapter 1, it says, For God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Isn't that great? Did you know that? We have been rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of His beloved Son. He's rescued us. Uh, we do what we do and say what we say in his name. When we understand it's not out of just rule keeping, not because we have to, but because we get to, then we understand the final phrase of this verse. And our fourth point is this, genuinely grateful for the privilege. The text says, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is Carolyn and a friend of hers from San Clemente Press. They're down near Camp Pendleton, and last year and years before, they serve a holiday meal to a 1,000 uh, Marines and their families. Oh, my gosh, the whole city comes together to, to bake turkey and all this stuff, all the pies, uh, and, and, and it's, it's almost exhausting to have all these people come through, but kids and everybody, and you love it. It's, it's, you're grateful to do it. Carolyn said, we're not at that church anymore, but can we, go to the, can we go do the serving? Because it was so much fun. She loves it. You see, this idea of living in Jesus' name is not a have to. It's a get to. Whose name are you going to live in? If, if not his. It's exciting. It's not just white knuckling it. Well, we have to live according to the Bible, um, you know, that's how they did it in the Old Testament. That's, how, that's, the, that's the religious leaders that Jesus ran into. Um, we have Ten Commandments, right? They, by the time Jesus was there, they had 613 laws to keep them 
obeying the ten. They had built up all these laws that they had to. Don't eat this, eat that, separate this, all of these things. And they were all like, ah. And we're to, we're to be absolutely grateful for it. Um, that we get to live in such a way that we can please Jesus and have his strength. So here's an, the only next step I have for you. Um, and, and that's to ask yourself these questions. It's the same ones we said before, but now you've got them here in, in print. Would Jesus be all right with me doing this? Whatever it is. And uh, would I do this with someone I love? Would someone I love be hurt if I do this? And would I act or speak differently in order to honor Jesus? If, if you would do something different in order to honor Jesus, do that. <laughs> Not what you're thinking about doing. Right? And... Um, so we're, wrapped in, we're wrapping up. Nine weeks, Colossians 3, 1 to 17. Let me encourage you, um, before we head into Advent, we'll be there next week, just read those 17 verses uh, again and find something in them that resonates with you, that, that you say, you know what, I could work on this. I, I, this would be a good thing for me to work on. And uh, memorize that one verse and ask the Lord, would you help me with this one thing? And whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus with gratitude in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father through Jesus Christ our Lord.